for Zamparelli on 2FM. With Virgin Mobile. Freedom of calling to brighten up your winter mornings. Virgin Mobile. Bring on amazing. Lottie Ryan here with you until midday and... This is um, a moment in the show today that I've been waiting for all morning. Instagram, it's just such a huge part of daily life for most of most of us. I find it hard personally to remember life without it. And the company, Instagram themselves, are now encouraging people to do just that. Telling people to take breaks from scrolling, basically. So we're going to be joined now by child and adolescent psychotherapist Coleman Nocter to basically talk about how to get the best out of Instagram in 2022. Morning, Coleman. Morning, Lottie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Happy New Year. And likewise, likewise. Coleman, what do you make of this, of Instagram's call for the break? Yeah, I mean, I'm always suspicious of these companies when they encourage us to use it less because it's completely counterproductive to their sole goal, which is to use it more, right? So the idea that the more time we spend on screen and, and dashboard of, of Instagram or Twitter or anything is, is just that, then the more success their company is going to be and the more they can charge for advertising. So anything that encourages you to use it less, it could be seen as a token gesture or, you know, uh, playing lip service to maybe some sort of a, a plea. And, and again, we've seen whistleblowers come out around these companies and say the damage that it's doing to mental health, etc. And so, you know, sometimes you can see these things as a response. But I, I think from the point of view of prompting is interesting because if there's no, like, you're prompted to stick to a speed limit when you're driving through a town, you get these kind of notifications, but there's a consequence to that, that you'll be fined for, for speeding, whatever it might be. But prompts that just say, maybe you should do this, much of the cases that's that's highly ignored or highly likely to be ignored from that point of view because there's no consequence to it. Um, and that's the thing about social media usage is there is no consequence. We don't like we've all maybe overeaten over Christmas and we can see the expanding waistline and our jeans are a little bit tighter. Or if you're spending money on alcohol or whatever, you can see it in your bank balance. The usage of of technology doesn't show itself in any sort of obvious way. So you can keep using and using and using without any sort of obvious consequence to remind you to stop using it. If I that mean, makes any sense. you did just mention there the kind of there have been whistleblowers in terms of people talking about the damage to mental health in relation to being online too much. And, you know, uh, the cynic in me does kind of draw a comparison and uh, of, you know, the day before this announcement was made, the company boss of Instagram was due for questioning in the US Senate. And I can't help but think it's a little bit of a coincidence. Oh, I think it's far more than a coincidence. Okay, you said it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I think I think there's a direct relationship between uh, accountability and, and when we see these things coming on stream. I mean, you've got to understand that the, the tech company, they're built, their whole software is built around you know, hacking our time. Do you know what I mean? The idea that there's there's a regret score on an app. So if you if you're testing an app and you find out, gosh, I used that ten times more than I intended to, the regret score is an indication of how successful the app design is. Do you know what I mean? The more you use it that you don't want to use it, 
the more successful oh. that is. Do you know what I mean? So, so the idea that around even like your notifications that come up around emails and stuff, that little red thing, like the red indicates significance and seriousness and it's hacking our psychology all the time. Like, and again, the, the kind of, you know, you sit down to watch a YouTube clip and then you find you've been sitting there for four hours in a sinkhole of, you know, I don't know, Michael McIntyre clips or whatever it might be. The autoplay, the next video, all these sorts of things are to keep you there. Like the, the whole purpose of the and design of the technology. Oh God. Gosh, it does. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, the idea of it, 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 a lot of technology companies is borrowed from casinos. Do you know what I mean? From the point of view of keeping you gambling, like there's no windows, there's no clocks in casinos so that you lose track of time. Wow. The, the, the way in which, you know, we, we design or, or the way technology is designed is to keep you there as well. And, and again, I'd say to you, time on screen is the only dashboard that the company is interested in. Um, it's not interested in necessarily your well-being or what you're doing. But I think for ourselves, time on screen isn't maybe the best indicator of whether you have a problem or not. And I think it gets back to the the Instagram issue. There's people who like if we used screen time as a as a as a dashboard, you know, you could spend an hour on Instagram and, you know, come away feeling utterly miserable about yourself because everybody you looked at had a better life than you. And I could spend an hour online, you know, maybe watching a guitar t- tutorial on YouTube. Mm. I'll have learned a skill. I'd be coming away with something useful. Mm. And, you know, but the screen time will just say an hour. Do you know what I mean? So it's not about time spent. It's about time well spent, which means that absolutely everything comes down to the user. So, every so it's not the technology. It's the way it's used. Absolutely. But the the autonomy that's put in your hands as the user is you have to self-regulate and you have to self-regulate in an environment that is anti-regulation, that doesn't want you to regulate. So the battle is between like if you want donuts, technology will just give you donuts all day. There's no point in the day it'll say, you know, Lottie, you've had 15 donuts. Would you not have a drop of water? You know, it'll say <laughs> it'll keep giving you more and more. It'll give you what you want. It'll never give you what you need. But then if and you're so, going to try to get the best out of it, I mean, the, the pitfalls are huge and they're hard to to miss. Oh, they're, they're possibly. And, and again, that's why we catch ourselves. We have things like echo chambers and sinkholes and things like that because because they exist, because we are kind of enticed down those things. And and the, the whole thing about the algorithm is interesting because for what you search for, the algorithm will give you more of it. So if you're looking up, I don't know, uh, fad diets for 2022 or whatever it might be, the algorithm goes, Lottie is mad for diets. Let's send her loads of stuff on diets. And so it keeps you giving you what you want, not what you need. It won't say, actually, come here, let's let's look at this a bit. You know, we've had yeah, to send Yeah, I find that notes. scary because mm. there's, you know, it, 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 particularly if you're an avid online shopper like myself, I often find the ads or the homepage on Instagram, that search page, like they they get it so right. Oh, these, these things are phenomenally accurate. I mean, in, in terms of, and they're phenomenally complex in that way. But what they don't have is age verification. Uh, and that's mm. an interesting one. So so if I'm a teenager and I'm looking up things on self-harm, dieting, whatever, it doesn't know that I'm a 13-year-old girl. It just says they're interested in self-harm stuff. Let's send them all the self-harm stuff. And so it puts complete onus on the user to self-regulate and say, actually, this is not good for me. I need to come back for this. And traditionally, teenagers are poor regulators. Adults are too, you know, but it it comes down to your own ability to 
self-monitor and, and know when you've had enough or too much without any very obvious signs of that, like the expanding waistline or the bank account. Well, you know what, what, I mean? what steps then can young people and teenagers take around social media engagement? Like how can somebody know, OK, it's time to step away now? See, I think there are vulnerability factors. So I think there's individuals who are more susceptible to the feedback or the influence of the social media stuff than others. So not every teenager is as affected as everyone else. So I would say the more vulnerable you are to the feedback, the more you have to keep an eye on it. So if you're looking for the amount of likes and you're looking for the comments and you're wondering why there isn't, you know, that picture got 50 within the first 10 minutes, this picture didn't get quite that, you know, maybe people don't like this picture, they prefer that picture of me or whatever it might be. And you get kind of prone to that kind of vulnerability of being susceptible to it. They're the people you have to watch out for. because not everyone? Not really. I mean, again, I think there's, we're all to a degree subject to... Uh, validation. You know, we like to be validated, but they're like, I did research on this and I looked at people who are prolific sharers and most people who are kind of announcing themselves the most, they weren't, they weren't announcing who they were. They were trying to find out who they were. Do you know what I mean? From that point of view. And it was, it was very much down to an insecurity as opposed to uh, a narcissism, which it would look like, you know, somebody who's kind of constantly posting stuff, but the, 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 the feedback is variable to, to what degree it affects you or you allow it to affect you. And for me, the biggest thing we need to do is build up our own resilience to that, to not allow it to get to us. Do you See, know what I, mean? I think particularly at the moment when so many young people are experiencing isolation and, you know, with COVID not taking part in a lot of social activities. So maybe there's a bit of FOMO and we all know there's a lot of bullying online and people feel like sometimes looking at things and think, oh, I'm they're excluded from stuff that could be going on. It's very hard, I think, for people um, who are susceptible to that to know when to step away because they feel like they're missing out on things. 100%. And the reality is they are. Like, if, you, if you're if you part of life and you're going into work and you say you go in there today and somebody's, oh, nice top, Lottie, that's lovely. Where'd you get that? Oh, pennies, whatever. And, and you're hearing all the kind of chat throughout the day. You're getting all of that validation in real life. But if there's no context yes. for that, then you go to online to find it. So mm. you'll put on your top and put it out there. And rather than asking the six people in work what they think of your top, you'll ask 6,000 people. And, you know, a young person once said to me, like being on social media is like trying to sculpt a statue of yourself with 600 people giving you constant feedback. So I don't like the nose that way. Change that, change that. That's too tall. That's too small. That's fascinating. And so that kind of hum of scrutiny, you know, whether you listen to every word that everyone says and you allow it to hurt you. You know what I mean? We, we, we are in many ways all vulnerable to it, but some will be more vulnerable to other. And, and I think the biggest problem, to be honest, is perfectionism. Do you know what I mean? This is what it has driven because we can filter and copy and all that sort of stuff. The drive for perfectionism is is rather than it's it's not a, a desire to get it right. It's a fear of getting it wrong. I think a, a lot of, a lot of it has to do with uh, I think a lot of people well for example me um I have no problem posting picture of myself with no filter on it or anything but then so many other people are so filtered that you find oh but if I post that normal picture of me I'm going to have a slew of people getting on to me saying, picking on things and, you know, being nasty. And I think that that then puts a pressure on somebody to kind of compete and keep up with people. 
Yeah, and again, it, there's the celebrity context. This came up in the research as well. Like, if you, like, if Beyonce goes out for a chicken fillet roll in her pajamas, you know, it's going to be all over the place. So yeah. the the idea is she has to maintain that sort that standard of beauty all the time. And if you're painting all those pictures of Instagramming or TikToking yourself as beautiful looking in makeup and everything else, you can't be seen to drop that standard. So you need to maintain that. Outs offline as well as on. It's so I mean? dangerous. Yeah, and and I mean, you 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 just clearly announced that your dog watches you have a pee in the bath or something. That's to the nation. So maybe that that's you know shows your that that you're not caught up in that desire to to be perfect all the time. Do you know what I mean? There's a kind of a, an honesty. No, in that, because but... it scares me. It genuinely scares me. You know, I do have two younger sisters, and uh, you know, I didn't grow up as a teenager with this stuff. You know, so I think because my social context with my friends and my peers was created and molded in a very different way that I have a different response to Instagram than they do. And it scares me when people don't show normality. Well, if you don't have a reference point for normality, then Instagram is normality. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, you, have a, you have a baseline. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you, you, you have a pre-internet world from which to, like the, the iPhone baby is only 13. Do you know what I mean? So from the point of view of the real impact of technology hasn't been seen yet, you know, we in, in terms of the because the iPhone was the game changer because it went from the PC in the sitting room to a much more personal and intimate relationship with technology when mm. you had the handheld device. Um, and we think like you, you said earlier in the intro, I can't remember a time before Instagram, like there's plenty of your life that was there before Instagram. I but know. there are people who are in this world who have never had a pre Instagram life. Do you know what I mean? And they're going through a very different experience because it's the fabric of their being. Do you know what I mean? It's not online and offline. It's just life. Oh, yeah, it is just life. And it's funny because if you do something simple, like I on numerous occasions might have, you know, accidentally left your phone in the car when you come into work or something and you feel like you're missing an arm. And yet I hate myself for it. Like I hate that I'm like uh, reaching for something that's not there and unable to, not unable to cope, but um, finding myself with any free moment or time that I have wanting to reach for something. And you only really notice you're doing it when it's not there. Yeah, and it's interesting because people ask me, do you think there'll ever be a time where we'll just revolt against technology and turn it all down? And I said, no, there won't no. because we're dependent. You know, our banking, our flights, our diaries, our personal lives, our pictures, our calendars, everything is in the phone. The phone, like as soon as you change a copybook into a diary, you change the meaning of it. And as soon as you change a phone or a, a, a means of communication into something that holds all of your personal dreams, aspirations, secrets, passcodes, everything else then it becomes a really really important part of your life and is essentially an extension of you do you know what I mean and so by creating dependency we create more more dependency on its usage which again increases time on screen. Coleman what do you think of the idea that like you can actually see who's been watching your content what do you think that does to people's confidence because when people put up stories or posts I, I like I'm guilty of it and I think most people are you click to see who is watching? Yeah, it's interesting. I think when technology started, it was all about the numbers, you know, and maybe for younger children, it's still about numbers. But as you get older, it's not about how many people liked it. It's about who liked it. Mm. So you may put up a post with an ex-boyfriend in mind, hoping that he'll, you know, comment or like or whatever the case would be. And so the sole purpose is to scroll through to find that name rather than, you know, in terms of the 
the number being less important now. I think that's probably one of evolution in it. But in terms of confidence, a hit of confidence is is a sugar rush. So as soon as you hit it and get it, you need to go back for more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So so if that last picture I got got so many likes and this person liked it and that person liked it, I have to outdo myself with the next tweet or the it's next addictive. post. Yeah. And again, it, it's it's that like perfectionism, you know, we try and be perfect and it doesn't work. It, it, it leaves us feeling ashamed or disappointed or guilty. And then rather than saying perfectionism doesn't work, we just say we weren't perfect enough. We have to go back and be more perfect next time. Do you know, um, it's really it's sad. A, it is. Uh, and again, but when 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 the 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 the. The marking points are how perfect can you be or how funny can you be or how popular can you be? There's an endlessness to that. There's never. And this is the issue with technology, I think, in, in, in a deeper sense. We've lost our sense of enough because there is no enough. And without enough, mm. there's no sense of contentment. Do you know what I mean? So there'll always be in a hyper comparative culture, there'll always be someone funnier, better, cleverer, prettier. So you'll never feel enough within yourself. I uh, think I think the other side of it is like to be devil's advocate, the stereotype of Instagram of the user, like would be, you know, somebody in bed watching someone else's glamorous life, you know, eating a reheated takeaway and looking at a healthy diet plan. And I think a lot of people would think, well, is that really very different to watching afternoon TV? Oh, it's completely different because it's interactive. Do you know what I mean? The the afternoon TV thing is is censored. It's a, it's a passive forum where you watch something that's happening outside of your influence. When you can interact with something, it completely changes the dynamic. You know what I mean? From okay. the point of view of um, it, it, it's a portal to that world, not just a, a kind of a, a screen of it, if that makes sense. And so you can interact with the world. And I don't think maybe that the Instagram tech, that, that kind of an image of someone just sitting on their couch with a reheat thing. I think it's maybe somebody who's, you know, trying to get their makeup perfect for this selfie or taking 700 pictures of a shot to pick one out that's going to go up. It's, you know, that's, um, you know, trying to kind of catch an Instagrammable moment or when you're with your children, you know, missing them walking for the first time because you wanted to record it or, you know, yeah, or it's of... like people in concerts. I don't understand mm. people in con- uh, going to gigs now and seeing people watching what's in front of them through their phone. But it, there's a belief that uh, the share becomes more important than the experience. Do you know what I mean? So when I like something or to capture it and share it, the mob response to that will verify how worthwhile that experience was rather than me deciding that. Do you know what I mean? So it's the, 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 you know, the idea that whatever sort of traction the post gets, that validates the importance of the experience for me rather than me making that decision myself. I mean, you know? I, I don't know how we got to that. I think that that's terrifying. Uh, it's scary, uh, and I, I mean, there's there was a great sh- TV show a few years ago called Nosedive. It was one of the Black Mirror things where, yeah, you know, I think if you've seen it, it, it everyone was validated and scored uh, on social media, and it became a kind of a society that I saw. If you, yeah. had, if you had five stars and four stars, and it just meant that everyone was fake. Everyone was performing a role that other people wanted them to be, and that's the saddest part about it for me, Lottie, is that young people who say to me, "I've spent my whole life." being who other people wanted me to be and I forgot to be myself. And and that's the real issue is that, you know, social media tells us who you should be. Um, It doesn't really reward you for being who you are. Well, it's hard to believe, but there are over 2 billion monthly users of Instagram now. So before I let you go, um, if you could get 
all those two billion people to read one post, what would it say? Um, I think it'd be the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life is the one that you have with yourself. Um, so consider how you interact with yourself on the mirror as opposed to interact with yourself on the screen. And that's a much more important relationship than any of the mob mentality or the likes or the, the validation that you get from that. It's, uh, you know, your truth is the only truth that matters and try and work on in 2022 developing a better relationship with yourself, I think. Coleman Nocter, child and adolescent psychotherapist, thank you so much for joining us. I think it's it's fascinating conversation and um, while at the same time scaring the bejesus out of me. Jennifer Zamparelli on 2FM.